happened um, where the pump failed and radioactive steam was released. And that apparently was what had the radioactive elements that leaked into the atmosphere, into the air. The air. Now that leak has been plugged, but yesterday afternoon, they claimed while they were cooling down the reactor, which is reactor number two, the one that, that has the problem, um, more radiation seeped through the walls of the reactor. They don't know why. Um, during the first problem, six inches of radioactive water was thrown onto the floor of the cell and uh, apparently is still there to some degree. Now, they are cooling down the reactor. Um, today, the Nuclear Regulatory Commission came out with a report that uh, radiation is still escaping from the, from the nuclear generating station. Uh, but they are still claiming it is very small and there's no hazard, and they have no plans for evacuating this area. Susan Evans is a journalist who lives only a couple of miles from the nuclear plant at Three Mile Island, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And her phone report from there was one of the first on the near disaster which threatened the plant on the 28th of March 1979. Like most of the early reports, hers was fairly muted and tended to play down the seriousness of the situation. Two days later, on the 30th of March, reports were that the radioactive leak continued, that it was affecting an area 16 miles northwest of the plant and that about 15 workers had been contaminated. At the same time, a spokesman for Metropolitan Edison operators of the plant was saying that they had no knowledge of any operator error and that none of the workers was in any danger. The following day, the newspaper headlines were really frightening. They spoke of a meltdown threat and of the nuclear plant being out of control. But by the 3rd of April, that threat had subsided and journalists in Harrisburg were saying that perhaps the worst of the scare was over. hydrogen bubble within the reactor itself that uh, they have been able to reduce. So it is uh, uh, substantially smaller than it was, and uh, that uh, allows them to breathe a little more easily. Uh, There are other problems, however, which uh, uh, they're having to deal with. One of them is, uh, perhaps the main one, is contamination. And the containment area immediately surrounding the reactor itself is uh, highly radioactive. Usually it's, uh, it registers about 10 rems. It's presently reading about 30,000 rems, and they're not sure how they're going to uh, decontaminate it. Uh, it's not believed that there has been any uh, human injury uh, to uh, people outside the area. Um, it is believed that that they were moved out uh, fast enough so that uh, there were no problems. But even that was a precautionary move. The levels of radiation they're telling us are not high enough to cause any any uh, problems to residents of the area. Businesses have suffered a bit. Uh, uh, their revenues are down about 50% as a result of uh, a decreased population in the area. Although there has never been any official evacuation, uh, a lot of people took it upon themselves to uh, leave and those people who had friends or relatives outside the area uh, did visit them during the weekend, and uh, uh, an estimated 200,000 people at one point had left the area. Many of those are returning. Approximately 50,000 are still reportedly uh, outside the area and have not returned yet. It was the 19th of April when we arrived in Harrisburg, and people who had fled the stricken area had by then returned, 
Among them, Jim Langan of the Pennsylvania State Treasury. It was a Wednesday morning when we first got our indication that there was something wrong at Three Mile Island, uh, this nuclear uh, plant uh, location uh, south of Harrisburg uh, on the river, Susquehanna River. We were told that there was an incident, as MedEd, the operators, uh, chose to call it, an incident. Uh, Wednesday morning, uh, uh, just a slight thing that pe- people shouldn't be concerned too much about. But uh, uh, as, we, as things progressed later in the week, we found out, uh, especially on Friday, when, when uh, President Carter sent uh, Mr. Denton, the uh, of the Nuclear Regulatory Agency in, we found out that it was much more than just a slight incident. It was a, it was a major problem. There was, uh, there was a serious problem, and MedEd uh, obviously didn't know how to handle the thing. Uh, there was much confusion. Uh, there were uh, conflicting stories uh, from, uh, from nothing to worry about to a hell of a lot to worry about. Uh, and we, what did people do, in fact? Well, uh, some people, uh, maybe because they didn't want to believe the worst, uh, thought there was nothing to worry about. But, uh, uh, but uh, when, actually, in, in Harrisburg, uh, sirens begin to sound in Harrisburg. Uh, I remember Friday morning, uh, between 11 and 12 o'clock, sirens began to sound. And uh, from what we had heard about radiation and, uh, and, uh, and the conflicting stories, at that time, I decided to leave Harrisburg at that time. That weekend uh, only added to the confusion because of more conflicting stories. I didn't go to Harrisburg uh, on Monday. Uh, I live uh, about 50 air miles north of Harrisburg, and I decided to stay home until uh, the thing was... Uh, Uh, much more clearer. One of the things that became clearer, at least to the technical people, was the kind of radioactive material escaping from the plant. Margaret Riley, Chief of the Division of Environmental Radiation in the Department of Environmental Resources in Harrisburg. With this uh, accident, the primary components in the airborne emissions were noble gases and uh, their beta-gamma emitters but they don't interact with things. They aren't concentrated in food chains or anything of that nature. They, as it were, shine on you and then follow the wind pattern. Uh, Lately, though, in the last several days, there have been periodic discharges of radioiodine, uh, principally I-131, which, as most of us know, will uh, concentrate in cow's milk or in the, the milk of other creatures. Uh, we've been, we always have had a concern that if we have airborne iodines floating around, you have a good chance of contaminating milk. But in this instance, we are not observing the, I, the iodine concentration in milk that we would otherwise expect. And probably one reason for this is that, uh, based on some information gathered a few days ago, the chemical form of the radioiodine coming out is uh, methyl iodide, which perhaps would best be described as it behaves more like a gas and is moved on. It, it has less of a tendency to settle out and it doesn't wash out well. Although some nuclear power advocates have said in the past that what happened at Three Mile Island was just not possible, it's now fairly well accepted that this incident was not an isolated one. 
There have been, among other mishaps, partial meltdowns in Ontario, Canada in 1952 and in Detroit in 1966. A nearer home at Windscale in England in 1957, farmlands over a 200 square mile area were contaminated and more than half a million gallons of milk, poisoned with radioactive iodine, had to be dumped. Pennsylvania has had nuclear-powered electricity since 1957, which is almost as long as the industry has existed. But the Three Mile Island plant is a fairly new one. Uh, Three Mile Unit 1 came into operation in 1973. Uh, Unit 2, the the reactor which experienced the accident, uh, went critical, as it turns out, one year before the accident occurred. It was one year to the day, but they had just been in commercial operation since last December. So it was a fairly young core, which is one of the reasons why the off-site consequences were uh, as low as they were. It had been performing as normal, of course, up to the actual event, had it? There was no Uh, sort of warning, was there, that anything might go wrong? uh, It had essentially been in normal operation. They, of course, have their little uh, outages from time to time, but uh, the... uh, uh, there, with the kind of failure that occurred, there wasn't really a warning per se involved. Uh, the accident began around 4.30 a.m. on the 28th of March. Uh, the basis for the accident was the loss of feed water, feed water being the water that makes up the steam side of the, the steam generator. And they lost feed water, the auxiliary feed water, uh, two auxil- I think it was two auxiliary feed water uh, tanks or, or supplies were valved off it by error. And the net effect was that, uh, oh, through probably what is a combination of mechanical failures and operator errors, we wound up with a, an accident which involved uh, considerable damage to fuel, but to the best of our knowledge or to the best of the information we have, melt did not occur. Or if it did, it was so small that it was not detectable. But a lot, a lot of this is, uh, the bottom line will be written when the, the uh, reactor vessel head is taken off and the fuel can actually be examined. Margaret Riley, bearing the name she does, has naturally got Irish ancestry. On her desk, she has a notice which says, Blarney spoken here. And the thought did occur to me that a proficiency in Blarney must have had a high priority in the job specification when she was appointed to her present post. Things have certainly not been easy for her since the end of March. On the day we spoke to her, the Philadelphia Inquirer had a front-page headline Record shows public misled in nuclear crisis. The record referred to was a transcript of Nuclear Regulatory Commission meetings a week after the reactor failure. And the Enquirer's reporter claimed that, as federal and company officials gave the impression that the danger had passed, serious threats still existed. He listed the alleged threats and commented on the confusion among the commissioners as to what they should do. Were they really like a blind man staggering about, as had been suggested, and had they misled the public in those early days? Miss Riley. I I can't really comment on it because... Being in the position that I am, I, I've been trying to avoid reading newspaper, a lot of doing a lot of reading or uh, listening to television and radio on this, so that I keep my own 
impression as to what's going on. From uh, but from what I can gather and all the commentaries going on, I, I think I don't know how the public could manage being told anymore. You know, everything is a, a real glut of information on this currently. State bodies or public utilities which would try to keep the American public in the dark are unlikely to succeed for long. Under Public Law 94109, known as the Sunshine Act, federal agencies like the NRC are required either to open their meetings to the public or provide tapes or transcripts of them afterwards. In mid-April, what have been called the Harrisburg nuclear tapes were released, and they did let some sunshine in. Many of the anti-nuclear people had been saying that the truth was the first casualty of the Three Mile Island crisis, and the bureaucrats were soon admitting that there had been what they euphemistically called some breakdowns of optimum candour. But the whole story was gradually coming into the open. It's almost open to a a point where we we spend so so much time answering inquiries that we don't get to do, or uh, we don't get to do some of the stuff that that needs to be done. One of our own inquiries was about the degree of panic there was in the Middletown Harrisburg area when the news broke about a nuclear leak. I I still haven't gotten a tie on that. Uh, When in the early days of the event, we were spending all. a huge fraction of our waking hours in here. We weren't out walking around the streets. But I remember going home one night about midnight thinking I'm going to do, an, uh, do a little observing around the neighborhood as to how my neighbors are probably behaving and everyone was home. You know, either the, there were lights in the house or the car was in the driveway or there was some way of telling that the people were home. I, I, I'm beginning to get an impression uh, that the closer one was to the problem the less uh, deep concern they really had about it. Uh, The further you get from Harrisburg, the wilder the stories are. (laughs) I I had a a friend, a a college classmate, call me from Connecticut, which is in New England, offering me, uh, uh, telling me that if I had to evacuate, I should go up there. And I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, you're going to evacuate a half million people, aren't you? I said, that's news to me. But uh, from what I can gather, the the further you got away, the wilder the stories were. But Jim Langan works in Harrisburg and was close enough to events to see how his neighbours reacted. When I came home from uh, Harrisburg that day, I saw um, cars close to my home that I uh, knew belonged to people who uh, moved to the uh, Harrisburg area, close to the Three Mile Island uh, plant, Uh, moved from our area down there and I saw them back in town Uh, I I knew why they were back in town Uh, they had small children Uh, some of these fellows had uh, pregnant wives and they had decided it was time to move out and uh, I was was glad to see them I I was happy to see that these people had enough sense to realize there was in, in, in truth a danger Yes. Well, what about men who were actually engaged on maintenance in the plant? It, I, I saw on, on uh, television, uh, it was Friday night, uh, interviewing uh, workers from the plant whose identities were revealed, uh, were uh, concealed, uh, only because they feared uh, retribution from MedEd. 
and they had said that they uh, would uh, not go back to MedEd and work because when they came to work, by the way, this accident happened at 4 a.m. These uh, workers came to work at 7 a.m. and were not at all told of any incident, accident, or whatever you want to call it. And they were allowed to work in this area of, of high radiation risk. And uh, because of that, uh, they uh, said that they weren't going to work for MedEd anymore. Uh, but uh, their identities were concealed uh, for fear that they might be blackballed in the nuclear uh, field from there on. One of the paradoxes about the Three Mile Island accident is that many of the people living in the area who might be expected to be very worried about a possible nuclear meltdown are in fact in favour of retaining and developing nuclear energy. I am Harry Irwin and I'm from Parisburg, Pennsylvania and I'd like for whoever is listening to my voice to understand that I am one of the persons that is very much interested in nuclear power. Why are you interested in having nuclear power, Harry? Well, I think my own personal view, it is the coming, it is the coming power for the world. But in a place like Pennsylvania now, you've obviously got a lot of uh, coal and other minerals. Why should you go nuclear? Well, uh, I think on account of the air conditionings in our big cities and all the other power that is being used in these big cities, that we need a new... Uh, something to provide yes, additional some, yes, power. Yes, additional power, yes. And are you afraid that the uh, other resources will run out at some stage? Yes, I'm very much afraid of that. Mm. And are you afraid of, uh, are you not afraid of nuclear fallout now, living so close to Three Mile Island? Here? No, not one bit. And, uh, and my personal opinion is I didn't like the way the newspapers or the radio or the television stations in our country handled that situation. You think they're prejudiced to you? I wouldn't say that. I, I don't know you, what you their don't reason that, for it. You don't think they're giving a fair picture of, of I what, don't think so. what happened? And That's right. I think our government is on the right track in, in nuclear power. Needless to say, not everyone in Pennsylvania is as philosophical about Three Mile Island as Harry Irwin. In Philadelphia, we spoke to Dr. Dennis J. Clark, author of a book about the Irish in that city. I think that there are a lot of people who would be willing to buy these kinds of expedient technologies on a short-term basis. Uh, people who are not fully uh, cognizant uh, of the ravages uh, of uh, this kind of technology uh, would be willing to do so. After all, a man desperate for a job uh, is going to take one as a construction worker uh, on one of these plants. He's not going to ask questions, just as the immigrant Irish who came here in the old days had to work in mines under fearful conditions, work for railroads in, under inhuman conditions. They took the jobs because they needed them. Uh, and uh, they didn't ask too many questions uh, about the safety of what they were doing. The central problem of the disposition of the wastes from uh, these atomic reactors, I think, still has to be solved. Uh, the damage to the Three Mile Island plant is a signal to us that the technology that we're using is profoundly defective, and I think there's a real uh, responsibility on us to exercise wise judgment with respect to 
uh, this kind of a resource. In Pennsylvania, there are five nuclear power sites, some of which are not yet in operation, and they are controlled by four different utility companies. The anti-nuclear movement has claimed from the beginning that these nuclear corporations were attempting to hold America hostage, to rush a massive nuclear program into existence and to contain the expected opposition until it would be too late to do anything about it. Many observers would indeed claim that it's already too late, that nuclear energy is here to stay and must take over from other power sources as inevitably as the electric light bulb superseded the candle or the paraffin lamp. And we must remember that both gas and electricity were regarded as extremely dangerous too when they first came into use. By coincidence, the most dramatic demonstration yet of the dangers of nuclear plants comes at the same time as a world oil crisis, which underlines the necessity of finding alternative sources of power. If you look at the distribution of nuclear power in the United States, it tends to be concentrated in areas that otherwise would burn oil. Uh, well, you have plenty of coal, for example, in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. haven't you? Which yes. Supply, uh, <laughs> Supposedly we have a coal supply that in terms of heat content would vie with Saudi Arabia's oil. But... Uh, why not use the coal then for well, energy well, for rather instance, than nuclear power? Okay, with uh, it's my understanding that, for instance, uh, one one of the public utilities in the Commonwealth is Philadelphia Electric, and uh, I remember years ago hearing a discussion to the effect that the utility had committed itself, like fifteen years ago, to going nuclear because, in light of the uh, air standards, they could not burn coal. Uh, in in light of the uh, cleanup. But uh, capability of uh, coal burning plants in those days, I, I don't know what their their current uh, uh, thrust is. I know the the area around here in general is not experiencing the the load the electric load growth uh, that other parts of the country are. So I'm I'm not really up to speed as to what what their future plans might be. Joseph Wayne is Special Assistant to the Pennsylvania State Treasurer in Harrisburg, Robert Emmett Casey. He's a great-grandson of Black Jack Kehoe, one of the leaders of the coal miners who were executed a hundred years ago during the Molly Maguire agitation against the mine owners. He comes from an area of Pennsylvania, northeast of Harrisburg, which is a prime example of the depredations which unscrupulous exploiters of natural resources can do to a countryside. Uh, yeah, I have some very definite opinions, particularly because I'm from a, what we or has always been considered a depressed area. I think uh, because of the fact that the safeguards that they thought were so foolproof have proven not to be so, that human error is a major factor that has to be controlled, and uh, there is always going to be mishaps. Uh, we're finding out now that uh, going back to 1961, they had all kind of uh, uh, nuclear disasters in a sense. There were people actually uh, and physically died uh, that we never knew about. Uh, for that reason, I, I, could, uh, I, I readily understand the need to explore new sources of energy, such as the quest for nuclear energy. But I also feel that with some of the money that they're going to expend in the search, they should utilize the assets that they have, and that's the anthracite coal right here in Pennsylvania. It would solve, uh, it'd be a threefold purpose. It not only provide us with the energy, which we have readily abundant, it would put people here back to work and, uh, and help the economy not only of the state but of the nation. So I, I think we're, we're rushing headlong into a nuclear age before utilizing what we have right here in hand. And yet in this area now, there has always been an environmental problem. 
know, both with the the anthracite coal or <coughs> with the the nuclear energy you have got now. Yeah, we're uh, we're sort of caught the twixt in between. Not too far from here, a power company is building a nuclear plant, which I know is uh, uh, under heavy criticism right now because of the uh, recent accident at Three Mile Island. But we also have a, a problem in that uh, the coal barons of yesteryear uh, very capriciously just uh, stripped the land anywhere they wanted, dumped the rubbish or the overburden as it was called and the silt and the slate of, along the highways, uh, along the, the uh, people's homes, residential areas that you had witnessed uh, today as we drove around. And uh, it's unfortunate that the scarring is something that will never be healing as far as we're concerned in our lifetime. John M. Elliott comes from the same part of Pennsylvania as Joseph Wayne but he practices law with a large legal firm in Philadelphia. As a member of the Philadelphia City Planning Commission and of the Citizens Advisory Council of the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Resources, he was the author in 1972 of an article in the Urban Lawyer entitled Environmental Aspects of Nuclear Power. He was pointing out at that time that 15 to 18 nuclear plants either proposed or in existence by 1980 would make Pennsylvania the nuclear capital of the world. And he was saying what indeed has been amply proved since, that they contain all the elements of environmental catastrophe. The uh, problem of uh, nuclear power has never been independently and objectively scrutinized in the United States. We still do not have uh, any means of uh, safely disposing of the radioactive waste from these plants. The security problem of these plants is a, a terrific problem and the environmental problems are, uh, would boggle the imagination. Uh, they, these uh, uh, facilities recycle very warm water back into the streams that they take them from. They consume much more water than your normal uh, electric generating facility on coal or oil, and they put that water back into the body of water that they drew it from, and you have all sorts of thermal pollution, uh, eutrophication uh, problems uh, where the streams that they draw them from completely change their character, become unfit for various types of aquatic life, and uh, it is a very serious thing that this movie China Syndrome and the Three Mile Island situation has finally brought out of the closet and placed near the top of the national agenda where it has got to be objectively addressed. The utilities uh, control uh, great political power and great social power in, this, in America. The utilities uh, contribute uh, substantially to uh, political campaigns. The uh, United States government, despite President Carter's uh, protestations that he is developing an energy policy, uh, still does not have a coherent energy policy, particularly uh, they don't have one that applies to Pennsylvania. We have great uh, uh, bodies of coal in Pennsylvania. And uh, what would make sense for Pennsylvania would be an infusion of capital funds from the federal level that would develop clean and safe uses of coal. The Germans, even during the Second World War, were able to gasify coal. They were able to synthesize various products from cracking coal, just as the uh, chemists have done with cracking oil and coming up with different products, uh, rubber and, and all sorts of uh, different uh, byproducts of cracking oil. Uh, since the end of the Second World War, there has been an imbalance in spending of energy funds in America. Eighty-five cents out of every federal dollar spent for energy research has been directed toward nuclear power. The utilities themselves spend less than one percent of their budgets for research. 
the uh, utilities spend more on public relations and on advertising than they presently do for research. So the challenge that I see uh, emanating from the Three Mile Island plant is a, a substantial rethinking of priorities and making the utilities honestly, candidly, and immediately address these problems, not only the problems of the emergency core cooling system and the, 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 the threat of cataclysms, but the less dramatic but very, very significant problems of the effect of low-level radiation on the people living around the plant, the environmental implications, both atmospheric and aquatic biological, and the, the problems of safety and disposal of this uh, radioactive waste. These are very serious problems that can no longer be kept in the closet or no longer swept under the rugs by the utilities and the different financial interests allied with the utilities, the banks, the insurance companies, those very important institutions uh, merely attempting to protect their own financial interests when they take their eye off the long-range interests of this country in having a balanced and safe energy source. Uh, that's not to say that nuclear power can't play a part uh, in providing that type of energy source, but it has got to be uh, more closely thought through and, and much more vigorously regulated both at the federal and state level. John Elliott's reference there to the China Syndrome may need some explanation in Ireland. The term derives, I believe, from a remark made by a nuclear expert when asked what happened when there was a nuclear meltdown. He said, well, it just burns right through everything all the way to China, or words to that effect. At any rate, The China Syndrome is the title of a film now being shown throughout America, starring Jane Fonda and Jack Lemmon. It deals with an accident at a nuclear plant and one scene in which a TV crewman on his way to the plant is driven off the road by men from the utility company bears a remarkable resemblance to something which actually happened in 1974. In general, the film made before Harrisburg portrays the power plant owners as unscrupulous and indeed criminal. We asked Dr. Dennis J. Clark if this was not being a little bit unfair to them. I think that uh, public utilities companies are not too much different from most of the other very large businesses. Uh, I think that they represent uh, sort of bureaucratic uh, capitalism where the responsibility for different portions of their activities is completely obscured, where the system itself takes over and diminishes personal and stockholder and shareholder responsibility. Uh, as a result, many of these companies do represent real perils uh, to public safety uh, and uh, to abuse uh, of uh, our resources and our technological way of life. Uh, that's grim. I think that uh, we must uh, understand the kind of society in which we live uh, and try to educate ourselves to a point where we can't restructure it so that we're not at the mercy uh, of uh, utility companies that uh, are committed to, by the profit motive uh, to uh, super profits uh, in defiance of all conditions uh, of safety and uh, public regard. Dr. Dennis J. Clark, when we met him, had just returned from a huge anti-nuclear protest meeting in a town called Limerick, not on the Shannon, but on the Schuylkill River in western Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. I went there because I have very uh, deep misgivings about the use of uh, atomic reactor power uh, uh, by our public utilities here 
uh, I believe Americans are exceedingly wasteful and gross offenders in the abuse of energy resources. I'd like to see that changed in this country. I think that atomic uh, energy uh, sources are not only uh, highly dangerous, but they do cater to this very wasteful, uh, almost prodigal uh, attitude of Americans that, well, it's a big country and there's more there, and let's not worry about conservation or changing our ways. I think we have to grow up in a lot of respects, and this is one matter in which we have to develop more maturity. The crisis at the Three Mile Island reactor uh, on the Susquehanna River, not uh, too far from Harrisburg, the capital of our Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, uh, was a profound uh, event for American public opinion. Yesterday at Limerick, PA, uh, which town was founded by uh, people from uh, Ulster in the 18th century. Uh, they're building uh, a huge reactor there, and it's about half completed. Uh, they expected to have uh, perhaps three or 4,000 people uh, at this little protest gathering, which was headed by a group called the Keystone Alliance, just a group of citizens, one of these popular American kind of uh, consumer group, uh, education group activities. Twelve to 15,000 people turned out there yesterday uh, on a day when they might well have been playing in the sun and playing tennis and football and so forth. Uh, and uh, they all came uh, very soberly and uh, in orderly and completely peaceful fashion uh, to protest uh, the erection and completion of this reactor. Since the events of Three Mile Island, the protests against the proliferation of nuclear plants have gained a huge momentum all through the United States. Hardly a day passes without at least a column in the newspapers connected with the use or misuse of nuclear energy, or with the handling of the problem by the large public utility companies. Books have been written on the subject, whole magazines and tabloids are devoted to it, newspapers like the Northern Sun News in Minneapolis advocating alternative energy sources are published regularly. And of course the protesters with the no nukes placards are everywhere. You see them at airports, in public squares in the big cities, at any meeting or event which brings a large number of people together. We were in Boston for example in April for the end of the great Boston Marathon race in which thousands of competitors run over 26 miles to the finish in the city centre. On the sidewalk there, two young men had a stand, selling books and badges, distributing leaflets, and generally trying to convince anyone prepared to listen that the only good nukes were no nukes. My name is Richard Morrison. And David Gowler. And why do you think it's worth your while to arrange a show here on the sidewalk about nuclear energy? I, I think it's because... To stop nuclear power, we have to just inform people of the, the, the problem with nuclear power. And if we can do that, people will decide for themselves that nuclear power isn't for them, that we can do without it. Well, why do you think we can do without it? There are alternatives. And uh, as far as energy supplies, there are alternatives. And in this part of the United States, what are the alternatives? Here we have wind and hydroelectric power. What, what do you feel now about what has happened recently in Harrisburg and Pennsylvania? Well, I feel it's a very terrible situation there, but I feel it is generally indicative of the problems that we are going to run into with nuclear plants. The waste problem, they have not solved. Uh, we'll have to deal with that problem for 
a long time to come, up to hundreds of thousands of years. And this nuclear power really is a stopgap measure for the main power industries. They only have enough fuel to last, say, for 50 years. However, the waste and the plants themselves, which will be radioactive, will remain that way for hundreds of thousands of years. On the 21st of May, a United States Congressional Commission of Inquiry reported in Washington on the Three Mile Island accident. It was caused primarily, they said, by malfunctioning instruments and not by human error. This conclusion differed somewhat from what officials of the Nuclear Regulatory Commission had implied, namely that operator error had played a major role in the mishap. Commentators in the media, of course, had their say too. One judgment which seemed to me to sum up the various failures, technical and human, was that of Gary Wills of the Chicago Sun-Times. The real trouble at Three Mile Island was not with science, he said. It was with the people using and misusing what they took to be science. The business owners who encouraged shortcuts and evasions, the career-oriented workers who did not blow whistles, the people who faked an expertise they did not have, the regulators who did not regulate, the local populace that did not want to entertain doubt, the press that did not want to say the unwelcome. The fallout from Harrisburg will, as they say, take a long time to settle, and it has its implications for Ireland, where the final decision about our first nuclear reactor has still to be made, and the alternatives can still be looked at. What advice would our American friends give us in the light of their own experience? Lawrence O'Shaughnessy of St Paul, Minnesota, is a member of a philanthropic family who made their money in oil. And there's not much wrong with oil, if you can get it. Well, I'm not that conversant with the technology of nuclear energy, but I think that um, the recent accident at Three Mile Island here in the United States in the East has made every American a bit wary of nuclear energy. Um, Ireland is a small country, and um, I think that there are, are alternative um, sources of energy which they could explore first. And in the long run, I think the oil coming in from the North Sea uh, will be available to them. In fact, they've made some claims on that oil from a national point of view, and rightly so. So I think that uh, they won't be destitute of energy uh, if they don't go the nuclear way. I think that Ireland uh, should have a deep second thoughts uh, about atomic energy as a resource for its power supply. The Irish have a very rich and magnificent tradition of reverence for nature. And I think that uh, you're not yet at the point of national development where uh, the battle with pollution and with the abuse of resources is lost. I think that uh, Ireland should consider very thoroughly whether it wants to pursue the reckless course uh, of uh, resource abuse and technological abuse that has characterized many of the fully developed countries. I think you should consider seriously whether or not there isn't a middle course of using appropriate technology, safe technology, that can provide Ireland with uh, resources uh, of energy that will permit a decent life, but a life in consonance with uh, and respect for nature. 
I wouldn't like to see an atomic plant in Ireland. What I uh, saw when I visited Ireland was a very effective and, uh, frankly, a very sophisticated uh, form of uh, uh, electrical uh, transmission that I stopped personally at a couple big facilities and saw how they ground the peat up and they made the peat into, you know, almost a dust and then blew that in a, or, or used that to uh, fuel these big generators. And I think Ireland may really be able to offer some very constructive uh, technology uh, to the United States because unlike many countries of the world, Ireland has had a very sophisticated electrical system uh, since at least uh, the time of the First World War. So I, I would not like to see uh, Ireland rush uh, uh, pell-mell into a, uh, a system of uh, nuclear power. I believe that there are indigenous energy sources there that uh, should be developed and will be not only environmentally sound, but will be physically safe for the people. It's, it's your own decision to make. I, I think there is every reason to believe that indeed nuclear can be operated in a safe manner. I think an awful lot is going to be learnt in the course of this accident here. Has much been learnt already? One... Uh, one interesting feature is that the extent of core damage that we believe has occurred to the reactor is uh, taking that into consideration, you would have expected a lot more in terms of off-site consequences. It's almost as if some things worked better than we had figured they would. Is there a possibility that it can happen again or can happen somewhere else? Mm, everything is always possible. St. Murphy, the lawgiver, pray for us. Amen. And Murphy's Law is, according to Margaret Riley, that if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. So perhaps the best and most succinct advice we got in Pennsylvania about an Irish nuclear reactor came from Joe Wayne. Bullet in England. (laughs) 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 They probably have a few there already. (laughs) I... I still think they can generate. They've been generating all their power so far into the north, so why, why not have the reactor over there and take something from them from a change? Yeah, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, that's your final word on the subject. <laughs> I think that'll do.